This is the Empowerment Podcast, presented by Variety, the children's charity of Ontario. Hi, my name is Karen Stintz, and I'm president and CEO of Variety Village and Variety the Children's Charity. I've been the president of Variety for over seven years now, and uh, what I find remarkable is how much good the organization does, and uh, actually how little known the history is of this amazing organization. Variety the Children's Charity has actually been operating in Scarborough for over 70 years. Uh, We were here in 1942 is when we first established ourselves as a charity. But what's even more interesting is that we're part of an international charity. Variety of the Children's Charity was formed in Pittsburgh, USA of all places. It was in 1927. There was a group of 11 theater owners and showmen, and they were part of a group called the Variety Club. They got together for social occasions to drink, play cards, uh, chat about the goings-on about town. And one day when they were socializing uh, in one of the clubs, they heard a whimpering from the auditorium of the Sheridan Square Theater. When they went out to find out what the uh, whimpering was about, much to their surprise, they discovered a little baby, one-month-old little baby girl. There was a note pinned to her that said, please take care of my baby. Her name is Catherine. I can no longer care for her. I have eight others. My husband is out of work. She was born on Thanksgiving Day. I have always heard of the goodness of show business people and pray to God that you will look after her. Signed, A Heartbroken Mother. So the theater owners were quite compelled to look after this little girl. So they got together and they raised funds and they were called the Godfathers. And they acted as her 11 Godfathers and took care of her. And not only that, uh, they formed a movement called Variety. Out of this movement, they became active in chapters around the U.S. and Canada. The Ontario chapter was formed, as I say, around 1942, and we were the first chapter outside of the U.S. to be formed to help kids with a disability. Around 1942, children with a disability couldn't receive an education in the mainstream school system. So out in Scarborough, a school was built. In the 1970s, the school board finally realized that all kids, no matter what their level of ability, deserved a good education, so they opened their doors. We like to say we were trailblazers then and the victims of our own success because we did get the school boards to open their doors for all kids. But then we had this wonderful facility and uh, we needed to rethink how it is that we could continue to serve kids with a disability. After an education, the next best thing that a child can benefit from is the ability to participate in sport and recreational activities. So what we decided to do, and our forefathers and the charity and the Variety Club at the time, they decided to raise money and expand the school and turn it into a training facility for Paralympic athletes. What we've realized through our 70 years is that we don't just deliver education and sport and rec and fitness opportunities. What we've been doing is building communities, building communities across Ontario to break down barriers for kids, for families to be involved and see their kids experience things that they never knew they could. It's a wonderful tradition. It's an amazing mission. Started in 1927 and continues today stronger than ever. Variety. And I'm lucky enough to be joined today by Mike Strobel. Mike Strobel is a former columnist for the Toronto Sun, has written about a number of city issues, but more importantly, is a great advocate for a variety of the children's charity in Variety Village, and in fact is the author of The Sun Fund, 
that has, uh, on behalf of the Toronto Sun, that has raised millions of dollars over the years. Over a million over, dollars <laughs> for a variety of the children's charity and variety village over the, the years. Pressure, <laughs> Mike, tell me about the history of the Sun Fund. Uh, it goes back to the to the seventies, um, which of course is before your time or my time. The village was just making the transition from being kind of a, a vocational school for boys with disabilities to a to a sports complex, which you see now. And uh, a bunch of the, the big mucky mucks in town, and um, Sam uh, Shopowitz of, of uh, Shopsies and George Cohan, who was the head of uh, uh, McDonald's at the time and so forth, and, and the Toronto Sun's f- uh, founder, uh, Doug Creighton, and founding sports editor, um, George Gross, kind of got together with Reg Bavard, who was the, I think they called him the chief barker, which I yes. think is what yeah. they used to call your, your, yeah, your that's job. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, decided to really push this place as, as kind of what you see see today. And um, the Sunshine Pool is called the Sunshine Pool for a reason because of the sun's involvement. And Gross, as part of that, in 77, started the Sun Christmas Fund. Uh, he ran it, the sports guys ran it for, you know, off and on for years. George died in um, in the mid-2000s, about 2008, I think it was. And uh, I was his neighbor, his office neighbor in the newsroom, and I just kind of took it over. Well, you didn't uh, just there. take it over because you had your own history here yeah, at Variety Village. Can you used, tell us a little bit about that? used to live out here. And uh, what people don't realize, and I was saying earlier, that, that this is an inclusive place, like an actual inclusive place. You can you can have a disability or not. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I lived out here. Uh, I was looking for a place to, to get fit back in my getting fit days. And, you know, my only disability was I had some follicular challenges and, and bad sort of fashion taste and so forth. But other than that, I was, you know, I felt perfectly at home here. And I'd be swimming, and I've told you this story before, but I, you know, I remember swimming in the pool one day and there were what, eight lanes or something. I'd be, you know, going down one lane and some, some, a blind kid would be going swimming down the next lane and somebody with no legs down the next lane and kid with CP down the next lane and all of them going faster than me. And, and it was, it was kind of, you know, you kind of felt, wow, this is like, it just doesn't really matter. You know what your situation is you fit in here you are natural to take over the sun fund yeah. and start writing about variety the children's charity yeah. about variety village and all the good things that we've done here yeah it fit yeah i wasn't a natural swimmer but that there you go right. that, yeah. <laughs> so tell me what was uh, kind of the inspiration for you in terms of telling the stories about these kids well it's funny because the the sun fund you, you may remember what it didn't really <clears throat> get into the stories of the kids that much it was more of a sort of a you know, just a through the paper a, a, a fundraising thing, and I started. Then I started coming out here and actually meeting some of these kids in, in greater detail. And the stories out here, as you know better than anybody else, are you know astonishing. And um, so I started writing about them and in, in, in more detail. And over the years, I've followed some of them through to young adulthood, and, and you can see how they kind of progress and the challenges they face, and and how they face them and overcome them and so forth. And it's, uh, I mean, inspiring is one of those words you kind of say, yeah, it's kind of one of those overused words, yeah. but it really is inspiring. Well, and you've grown up, like you've seen some of these kids grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, for instance. Yeah. Madison Ambos. Uh, was, she was helping with a, me with a book signing uh, recently. And when I first met her, she was three years old, couldn't, could hardly stand up. She has cere- cerebral palsy, quite, quite severe. She certainly couldn't walk. Well, over the years, she's, she had surgery, uh, which we had to kind of get on our bandwagon to, to get funding for that. Since then, she's skated. She swims, obviously. She walks without... In fact, she just walked down a, a runway at the uh, Toronto Kids Fashion Week without even leg braces. Just, you know, she's not, you know, a super supermodel material quite yet, but she was, she was, she got down that runway and back, looked very serious, posing and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I mean, there, there's a kid who's come out an awful long way. And I've told you this before too, is that 
The most noticeable difference with Maddie and with most of the kids here is that what this place gives them is gives them physical therapy. It gives them, you know, uh, exercise. It gives them all kinds of healthy outlets. But mainly what it gives them is confidence, which they may or may not be able to get somewhere else. Yeah, and a chance to be included. Exactly. Yeah. And and Maddie is the, uh, at the book signing, she was out there, you know, basically kidnapping passers-by to come and, come and buy. The, my, my, yeah. And how old is Maddie now? She's nine. She's nine. So six, I, you know, I've known, I've followed this kid for six years. Right. And <clears throat> I'm sure she'll be, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be writing about her again. Yeah. I mean, we'll all be working for her someday, probably. Well, and a fun fact about her parents, they, her parents met at Variety Village. Right. Yeah. yeah. James, James and Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Catherine's, uh, is, has been, a, a quite a long time swim coach here. You know, the involvements, the family involvements here are part of the, part of your story, as you know. I yeah. mean, there's, uh, I wrote, uh, for this, this year's, uh, Christmas fund about a, about a staffer whose daughter, whose uh, sister comes here. She works here because she, part-time, because, because her sister comes here. Uh, and there's all kinds of connections that, you know, the, the siblings and, and families of these of these kids are really quite something as well as the kids. Did you ever uh, have an interview or uh, talk to a kid and were just completely surprised by the answer they gave you? Yeah. Well, almost every almost every interview. <laughs> but, you know, Zach, yeah. Zach Raymond, Zachary, he's now 13 going on 14. And he's another kid that I've kind of followed through. He's the most one of the most cerebral 13 year olds you're ever going to meet. Very articulate. Uh, if we're not all working for Maddie someday, we'll all be working for Zach. Um, and I asked, I asked Zach, did a sit down, a full on sit down with him because just cause he's so, he is so articulate. And I, I asked him quite simply, I said, you know, do you ever wish at right at the end of the interview, I said, do you ever wish you didn't have CP and you could walk and you could do all the things that, that other kids can do. And he sort of thought, thought about it for a second. And he looked at me, and says, mm, no, you know, I, and I've thought about, yeah, sure. I'd like to be, I wish I could walk. Sure. Of course. Who wouldn't? But if I didn't have CP, I wouldn't have met all the people I've met. I wouldn't have done all the things I've done. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be Zach. Yeah. And and I, I looked at him. I says that kid that you just nailed it. Drop the mic. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so tell me what led to you've been writing the Sun Fund for us. You've been raising money for us. But you continued to advocate for Variety Village and Variety the Children's Charity by writing a book. So tell me a bit about your book. Well, it's a collection of the of the uh, the columns I've written over the years, updated with uh, obviously with some other stuff uh, woven in. It tells a few stories that that involve you, Karen, yeah. um, and some of the kids here, including the the infamous bus stop uh, yeah. scandal. Tell me about the bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there's another kid. It involves another kid who's who who I watched grow up here. Uh, Robert Hampson, who, um, but the the TTC of which you were you had you were the new chairman at the time. Yeah, sorry, chair. And uh, the village, for for whatever reason, had been denied a bus stop, which is when you think about it, is unconscionable, for for decades. And the TTC had always said, no, you've already, you've already got a bus stop. So I, I remember I came. I said, well, maybe I should take a swing at this. So I came out and found found the bus stop. It's at the bottom of a cliff on Kingston Road. So to get from the village to the bus stop where these kids were supposedly going to catch their bus, according to the TTC, you had to go down a cliff. So Robert Hampson, who's blind, and I um, walked from Variety Village to the bus stop, which involved, I had to hold him. We were, we were sliding down this, this slope. He's there with his cane. There's a mattress halfway down. I laugh, down. but it's not funny. Yeah, I, I, yeah. there was a mattress halfway down, and I, and I remember saying, is that so the kids can rest halfway down this cliff? And um, as you know, that was on the front page of the Sun. And, you know, there were a few machinations went on. You agreed to come out yeah, to I look did. at it because you were the new chairman, I chair, did. sorry. Yep. 
And you came out and you and I walked down that cliff. And I remember you saying, Yep, that's a cliff. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember too, I, I came out on the subway. I thought, well, you know, we'll just check this out because, I mean, I can't believe this to be the case. And I did. I, I came out, I took the subway and took the bus. I brought my two kids. And uh, we didn't go to the subway stop at the bottom of the hill, right. or the uh, bus stop, rather, at the bottom of the hill. We went to the bus stop at Birchmount and uh, Danforth, but that's a walk. That's a long like, walk. Like, that's a long walk. Yeah. And I was very grateful you drove me home that day. Yeah. <laughs> and the other stop, the TT, and again, it was just a question. These, you know, these kids, this place, as you know, yeah. has had to, has run up against that bureaucratic nonsense yeah. time and time again. But we did it. Yeah, we did it. We a- got absolutely. The bus. And you know, Robert. We got the bus stop. And Robert, the uh, young, young man who, who at the time must have been, I don't know, maybe 12, 11, something like that, yeah. uh, who, walk, who walked down that cliff with me, is now on the TTC advisory board for accessibility issues. That's fantastic. Couldn't be better. He's, he's really come along. Breaking way. down barriers at the TTC. Yep, exactly. That's great. And in the world, which is kind of what this place does. That's what this place does? Yep. Yep. I couldn't have said it better. So Variety of the Children's Charity, we support kids with disabilities and help them get opportunities to participate in mm. sport and fitness. And although not all of our programming is done at Variety Village, most of it is done at Variety Village because this is our flagship location. But but the magic of Variety Village isn't just about the fact that we help kids with disabilities. It's really about the fact that it's it absolutely is an inclusive place to be. It's fully accessible and it has... Uh, people that come here that have various levels of ability, and some people come here and have, uh, they don't have any visible disabilities. And so you've seen that firsthand. Tell me, what was that like for you? Well, I mean, if any place that allows me as a, as a member must must be very inclusive. <laughs> but that, but that's the point, is it is you, when you walk through these halls, you see people interacting who with with, a, with myriad backgrounds and and uh, differences in terms of ability or disability. There's no judgment. There's no. Uh, you never see pity. That's the. Yeah. That's one of the interesting yeah. things about this this place, which works in all kinds of different directions. So they so the the kids who come here in wheelchairs and so forth, they're in an environment where people aren't staring at them. They feel as if they they belong. There's no, you walk through those doors and the outside world is gone. And I'm sure they, almost all of them experience less than nice things in that outside world. And they come in and, and they, and they feel like they belong. But the people who are so-called able-bodied like me walk around and, and we get the same thing in reverse. We, we see that the differences are superficial, really. And that, you know, one of the, one of the uh, staff here once told me, this place teaches you empathy, as in not sympathy, mm-hmm. empathy. So that you understand sort of what some of the, the physical demands are on somebody in a wheelchair or in a walker, but you also understand that they're just doing their thing. And everybody in this place is, is, uh, is doing that thing. You, you use the word inclusive quite frequently, in, in I've heard you speak about it and so forth. That's the, the singular word. It really is truly inclusive. It's not, you know, how a lot of politicians define inclusive. It's not, it's not how a lot of, uh, you know, uh, even, even activists and so forth. It, this is real inclusion. It's pretty invigorating to walk through here. Yeah. I, I always well, feel better when I leave. 100%. And, you know, personally for me, um, you know, not having in my career, in my life, been exposed to many individuals with disability, uh, certainly opened my eyes to how we put barriers on people's capabilities. But the individuals that have the disabilities don't have those same barriers in terms of their own uh, understanding of what they can achieve. It's in part providing the space where people with disabilities can achieve 
all that their dreams allow them to, but it's also for people without disabilities to witness that. Right. And then they become changed because they see uh, all the opportunities that are available if we just break down those barriers and make it so. Yeah, and it's also realistic and and practical in a, in a in the sense that um, you know somebody with a, with a disability, you, your first inclination is to feel kind of sorry for them, mm-hmm. and or or to assume that they feel sorry for themselves. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met a kid here or anybody here who right. f- who feels sorry for him or herself. Not one. I can't Not think one. of a single one. I agree. Yeah. You know, so that I mean, that's that's once you, once you get sort of get that out of the picture, then you realize, well, there's some practical elements of making your way through life, whether you're disabled or you have a disability or not. It does, you know, and and kids who have a disability, that's what they're doing. They're making their way through life. They're not feeling. They're not moaning and groaning and, and feeling sorry for themselves. I've, you know, I've seen a lot more able-bodied people feel sorry for themselves. <laughs> I felt sorry for myself and some of these kids. Um, and that sort of brings, uh, you know, that brings a certain dimension to this place that, you know, I said before, there's, I don't think I've ever, ever seen any, a, a case of pity here, either self-pity or, or whatever. I mean, I've seen, you know, looks of, you know, kind of, I've seen emotions, but not, mm-hmm. pity isn't one of them. Yeah, it really is a community here. Yeah. And with its ups and downs and people at different stages of life, different stages of what they're able to achieve. Um, but we come together and, uh, you know, I think you pointed out that a lot of our programs are, you know, designed for kids with disabilities, but kids grow up. They do. And they become young adults with disabilities. We have space for them here as well. Which is a surprising thing. Everybody, I mean, I have to admit that when I'm when I'm writing about stories for the for the campaign, the natural inclination is to get the cute kid and the, you know, and, and, and because you figure, well, that's everybody's gonna go on. And, and <laughs> but, the, but the reality is some of the best stories are the 40-year-olds and the 50-year-olds. And there have been romances that have, that have uh, you know, kind of bloomed uh, in, in Variety Village. There are people who, you know, the, the, I know you're the boss here, but Jamie Ganpat, yes. who is the unofficial, I've, I've referred to him as the unofficial mayor of, of Variety Village. He's, I think, in about 40, somewhere around there. He's been coming here since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. He is, you know, in many respects, Variety Village, but he, but he's not a cute little kid. He's, uh, you know, a full-grown man with, with, uh, you know, some, some disabilities, but is, um, is very much a part of this place. Very yeah, much. Very and, much part and, of this And place. there's all kinds of programs and activities that, that guys like Jamie can do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just the cute little kids in the swimming pool. And the great thing about what you're, do, you're doing, if I may, Karen, is that you're, that this, this is a community that generally speaking over the decades has been kind of limited in scope to Scarborough or even to the confines of this building, really. I mean, mm-hmm. it could just for, for a variety of reasons, it's, can be hard to get to for um, for somebody in the West End, for instance, or or whatever. And uh, what I, what what you're doing that I like in the last year or two is expanding that. So you've got programs that are now popping up in Markham and uh, even in Alberta. There's mm-hmm. now connections in Alberta, all kinds of places, all different areas of Toronto. So that more and more kids and or kids all growing up are are benefiting from the from the programs here, or from the and from the idea and from the and from the uh, the premise of this place. I, I suspect that that's where you're headed. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of, um, you know, a lot of that expansion is going to, is kind of the next step is taking the idea that is Variety Village and transplanting it in, well, all over the country, really. Because every kid should have a chance to play and every community should have the ability to be inclusive and see what the opportunities are. Right. And not have to fly on a, you know, jump on yeah. a plane to, to go do it at Variety Village, to, to do it in their own environment. So Mike, the Sun Fund is on now from December until the end of the year. Yep. 
So if people want to go and check that out, they can go to our website and uh, see what the opportunities are to donate and help kids live lives to their fullest. Yep. Um, but, you know, after December and the new year, there's always an opportunity to support variety and the good things that we do. And these these stories are timeless. The kids are, that I'm writing about during this campaign, for instance, I mean, they're, they're going to have little milestones in their in their lives going mm-hmm. forward, most of which will involve this place. Th- those don't go away uh, when the fun stops, that's for sure. One of the uh, people I'm talking uh, to in during this campaign is the granddaughter of Doug Creighton, the founder of The Sun, I didn't realize this, has CP. Wow. And uh, is now involved in Para Sport Ontario, which operates out of here. The, the connections and the stories are just, they're endless. They just roll over and over and over, and it's... it's uh, it's remarkable to see. It really is. Mike, thank you for being here today, and thank you for all that you've done for Variety. Thank you for all the good work that you've done for the city. The pleasure is mine. This is the Empowerment Podcast, presented by Variety, the children's charity of Ontario. To learn more about how people of all abilities can participate in the various programs and locations, visit varietyontario.ca.